Listening to 2012 National Heritage Fellows, the Paschel Brothers, singing the traditional gospel hymn, Jonah. Welcome to Artworks, the program that goes behind the scenes with some of the nation's great artists to explore how art works. I'm your host, Josephine Reed. For 31 years, the Paschel Brothers have been singing the a cappella gospel music of Tidewater, Virginia. The group's four-part harmony owes much to its founder, Patriarch Reverend Frank Paschel, Sr. Born in 1923, Reverend Frank had been a seasoned performer with quartets before he first moved to Tidewater at the age of 19. Local quartets were thriving in the area during the 1940s. Since the repertoire of quartets drew almost exclusively from spirituals, as well as more contemporary gospel hymns, it's not surprising that this singing would most frequently find a home in the church. But because it was voice only, without any musical accompaniment, it was also easily transferable to house parties and street corners. It added and drew from the rich African-American culture in the area. The Reverend Frank Paschel Sr. was quite well known in the region and sang with several of the quartets, including the Keys of Harmony. But he was also teaching his sons four-part harmony. And in 1981, the family formed the quartet, the Paschel Brothers, with Reverend Frank at its head. The group is known for taking traditional gospel songs and adding their own distinctive arrangements to them, as well as writing their own gospel tunes. Although the group almost disbanded when Reverend Frank passed away in 1999, they just paused, reconstituted themselves, and continued to sing preserving and expanding the tradition of four-part a cappella gospel. Reverend Torrance Paschel now leads the quartet, which includes the third generation of Paschels, as well as the great Tidewater singer from outside the family, Johnny Lewis. I spoke with Torrance Paschel and Johnny Lewis soon after it was announced the Paschel brothers were named 2012 National Heritage Fellows. Here's our conversation. You've been at this for 31 years. I'd like a little history. Tell me how you began. This is Torrance Paschia. I went in the Army after high school, and uh, I honestly didn't like it. We did three years, and my father told me, well, you know, you signed the contract, so do your three years. And so I came out because I was honorably discharged, and I did what I was supposed to do, like he said. But I just had an urgency to just come out. I wasn't thinking about singing either, come to think of it, to be honest with you. But we came out, and to celebrate me coming out, my brothers and I, we just went to his house, and we just celebrated. 
And he had an album called The Persuasions, The Street Corner Symphony. And on that album was a song called The Lord's Prayer that they did in perfect four-part harmony. And we, on a dare, learned that song in about 20 minutes. And we went and showed our father what we had learned. He said, man, that thing is right. But we were just enjoying ourselves. So he he said, won't y'all back me up? So we said we would be honored to because he sung solo. So that was in February. I'll never forget it. February 28th, 1981. That next week, which was the first Sunday in March, we sang at Mount Moriah RZUA Church. As a matter of fact, that's the church I'm now pastoring for a deacon anniversary. And his rest been history ever since then. He sent us, taught us a song. I'm going on with Jesus just the same and the Lord's Prayer. And we sung them two songs. That was our repertoire. We would go all over Newport News and Hampton singing them two songs. And we learned another song, Don't Forget to Pray. No one's been measuring or gauging anything, but the Lord has been with us ever since. Well, your father was a remarkable man. He was a singer himself, born in North Carolina, and sang in quartets there, and then moved to the Tidewater area when he was 19, correct? Yes, ma'am. And you're one of 11. Ten. Ten. One of ten children. And your father, unfortunately, was a widower, so he raised you all on his own. Yes, he did. I think that's one of the um, rewards of his diligence and his faithfulness to his children. I believe this is just me talking. An investment gains a profit. He invested in us. He did. He raised us all by himself, too. And to this day, I don't know how he did that. Now, did you sing when you were kids at home? Did you hear him sing? Would he sing? Yes, he had a group. I never knew the name of the group, but God, Frank said it was the Keys of Harmony later on. There was some singing guys. It was a man. Now, these names now, a man named Mr. Roach, a man named Bailami, <laughs> a man named Goose. <laughs> they would rehearse at the house. And we sung in the choir, you know, the little choirs at the church and things of that nature, you know, but we never even imagined even coming to a point such as this. Now, when you first started and your father formed officially the Paschel Brothers, there were how many of you singing? Five brothers. Five brothers. And one father. And your father. Yes. So here's my question because this is what had confused me, and I, I had to learn about this. Even though it's called a quartet, there can be more than four members. Because the quartet signifies the number of voices and harmonies? Yes, ma'am. Now, I never got into the formality aspect of it. (laughs) My daddy told us (laughs) it was always four-part harmony. I'm thinking that that would be the only case. Because regardless of how many people in in the equation, there will always be four voices, which were four parts. The lead singer usually... The lead background is singing his pitch. It was always four voices from what I understood. Regardless of how many men it were, it was four voices. Well, I think we should hear a song. Then I would love it if we could hear Don't Forget to Pray. And this is from your CD, Songs for Our Father. Yes. Oh, 
fantastic singing that sounds that sounds good to Johnny too I tell you uh. <laughs> <laughs> you you hear uh that bass that you hear there that's that's Torrance's baby brother that's uh. Bill he got ill a few years back and uh sort of broke our heart well mine anyway because uh you didn't you didn't hear my story but they sort of they sort of adopted me yeah tell me about uh, it Johnny because you're on the CD right yeah right. That was one of the proudest moments I've ever had. My story is, I was raised by my mother, single parent. We had a group, four boys in my family as well. And we were known as the Lewis Brothers. And uh, we started out pretty much the same as Torrance and his brothers. His father sang, my father sang in a group. His group was from Lambert's Point, not far from here. He used to sing on TV early Sunday mornings on on television, and we all get up in the morning and stand around and watch him sing. And uh, we used to pantomime everything he did. The four boys did. You know, we'd get up and we'd we'd be right there in the morning just watching him sing on Sunday mornings. Later on in life, say when I turned like five, I I was five, my baby brother was about three, and uh, my oldest brother was seven. There was four of us, and we all decided that we were going to sing. So my mom, one morning, one Sunday morning, made us stand up in front of the church. And uh, we sang in front of a whole congregation. And I cried that day. I think I boo-hooed through a whole song. But once once the crying was over, I felt pretty good, you know, because it's almost like relief. Now I can do this. And again, I was five years old when we first did that. And it's been history. Later on in life, I went into the Army. And as you can tell, this story is pretty much compatible with Torrance's family. Raised by a single parent, raised in church. You know, how I got in the group was uh, Torrance's father passed, and uh, I used to go to Torrance's church. And uh, his pastor was a a young man that joined our group. And uh, he invited me to come to the church, and I came over to his church. I didn't know Torrance was a member there, and I walked in, and there's Torrance Peschel and Frank Peschel and Billy Peschel. Everybody. Everybody was there. It's been history ever since. When his father passed, I think in 99, 99. Torrance asked me how would I like to join the group and sing with the group, and I told him, man, you're kidding because to me it's an honor to sing with the Peschel brothers, and I've been with them off and on ever since 2000. Obviously, I'm not a singer, 
And if you heard me sing, you'd really know I'm not a singer. But it would seem that staying in pitch when singing a cappella would be very, very hard. It's uh, it's a gift, believe me. And I say that with all honesty. Uh, you're born with this gift, and which is what we were. We were born with this gift, but actually trained and tutored by our parents. And uh, it has been something that we've always felt that you know, because it's a gift from God, it should be easy to do. Hmm. And it's a definitely an ear thing for me. I hear it. If it sounds good, I try it. Now, Torrance has a, I guess he has a, a version of it that I like for you. No, I, I agree. It's not a uh, something that you go out to obtain, if that make any sense to you. It's like my father used to say, if you're, if you're doing something that you enjoy, the benefits will come. Uh, you don't ask for anything. They just come to you. Or like my daddy used to say, you can get the scholarship, but you got to earn the degree. Mm, I like that saying. That's the truth. Tell me, what is distinctive about gospel singing in the Tidewater area? Well, everybody's doing it. So, I, <laughs> you know, I think what's distinctive as far as we're concerned is... No, not too many people are singing without music. Uh, we always say in a in a society where everything is technically driven, digitally correct, singing without any music whatsoever. We would go to places where choirs sing. I mean, you got the keyboards and every. They had even amped things up now to the point where I seen a boy the other day playing electric drums. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Our music is in our voices. I mean, we we hear the beats in our head that actually help us keep our rhythms. And it's, it's something that you just do for so long that it becomes second hat. You know when the other person is going to change, you change with them. Uh, Torrance and I, we have this like a basketball rhythm. It's just like two guys playing two-and-two basketball. I played with Torrance for so long, I know when he's going to go to the left, or I know when he's going to go to the right. Well, our acapella music is similar to that. Just singing a song along with him, him singing his key and me singing mine, I know when he's going to change. So when when he's ready to do that, I'm right there with him. We fine-tune each other. So listening has to be so important. So important, yes, it is. With your group, with the Pachelle Brothers, do you remember the first time you you sang outside the church in a performance? I think the first thing that we did outside the church was, I believe, at the Abbey Aldrich Rockefeller Folk Foundation. It was in Williamsburg. Was that different for you than singing in the church? Oh. No, because my dad always said a note is a note. That's the way we were taught. I found this out. The atmosphere was different, you see. But what you had to do was the same thing. Because of the atmosphere, sometimes you would think that people aren't receiving you. I think if there was any different, you would think that the people are not receiving you because the the activity, the active responses, Lord, is different. Yeah, You know, it, people it, aren't literally are not moving. When you're singing your heart out, and you know you're singing, but you're doing your part. You did what you did at church, but the people are not moving. However, the evidence of them enjoying it was when all the CDs were sold. Ah. 
When you sing outside the church, I think it's a more, I would say, conservative, yeah. if that's a yeah. good word. They ain't jumping and shouting. Right. They're paying more attention. They're, they're, but it's, they're like, nodding it's like studying and, and, and paying attention to you. Because a lot of people are amazed you're doing that, really. But in the church, people are just responding and they're being oh, carried yeah. away oh, by oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Verbally and, and, and with the hands. and You react towards yeah. oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they say. The song might be a little longer in the church, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Now, what's so interesting about you as a group is that you have traditional songs, but at the same time you do original music as well. Yes. And, in fact, your father did a lot of arrangements, even of traditional songs. My father was a, I would say he was a genius because he would do things. The audiences vary, and the, the people vary, no matter where he went. He always had sung a song away to gather the crowd that was there. You, you know what I'm saying? He had songs that he never penned, but we we sang them, but he never Pen. penned them. You know, we'd be on the road sometimes traveling. He said, look, hit this, hit this pitch. And he'll give you that pitch and say, you do this. We learn a song on the way to the program. We miss him, that guy. We didn't have a manager. All we had to do was sing. They had a boss. We had a father. <laughs> Hey. He was he was a, he was a special person, believe me. Very he was that, person. and the Lord the Lord blessed us with him, and I think his arrangements were from the heart. That guy experienced a lot of things, I'm telling you, and a lot of things that he experienced. I think he sung with that with that deep experiences. The things that he experienced, he didn't really express himself. His motto was, "Everything gonna be all right." I want to hear uh, another song, and this is one that he arranged, a traditional song. You're, you're seeing the lead on it, Torrance, called Get On Board. Oh, get on board. Get aboard, little children. Get aboard. Get aboard, little children. Get on board. Get aboard, little children. I know that room for many more. Get on board. Get aboard, little children. Get aboard. Get aboard, little children. Step on. I would not give a sinner. I'll tell you the reason why. I'm afraid my Lord might call me and I wouldn't be ready to die. He may call me in the morning. He may call me at night. He may even call in the noonday when the sun is shining and bright. Get a boy, get a boy, little children. Get a boy, get a boy, little children. Get a that's a favorite. That's a favorite. It's right wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And again, that's from the CD Songs for Our Father. Now, Torrance, Johnny, tell me, how did that CD come to be? How did you come to record it? Well, Dr. John Lohman from the Virginia Folklife Humanities, he came up and said, you know what would be a good idea? He said, we want to do something for you guys because we had helped them out with the Virginia Folklife Humanities they started an apprenticeship program, and we were so successful with that that they wanted to do something for us. And he decided, look, let us do that for you. And he said, we'll name it Songs for Our Father. 
he just wanted to do that for us, for my father. We met uh, Dr. Lohman about in 2000, 2001, somewhere after my father had passed. We had literally almost, I think we had quit the group, to be honest with you. And uh, it's always when somebody passes, it's always a lull. And sometimes you start evaluating and examining should you go on further. But it's always something that seems to bring us back out into the light to just let people know as if we don't supposed to stop. Uh, Dr. Lohman did it this particular time. And with this song, we went to buy a studio in Springfield, Virginia. God, we had a blast. Couldn't have been a better title. Couldn't have been. And they named that. Yes, that came from John Lohman and oh, John Lohman. They were fantastic. They have always been great people to us. And he's a, he's a dependable person. He's He's a caring guy, and we, we've always, yeah we appreciate him so John much. John Lohman, I, I just, I'm saying that name, all the respect and an appreciation to him. He probably going to fuss at us. Yeah, he he's one of those modest guys. He don't but really that's want. All right. That's one of his projects that was really, really a great thing for us. Yeah. He showed us how much he really cared for us when he did that, and we appreciate him more than he'll ever know. 2003 was a pretty big year for you guys. That was also the year you were singing in the festival in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes. Oh, Lowell was, that was fantastic. Oh, I think that was our first one with, <laughs> oh, that was with the National year. NTCA, National yes. Council yes. for the Tradition of Arts. So, uh, Joe Wilson, I think that was his name. Yes, Mr. Wilson. They got us there, and, and it was like, they were like senior technical writer and all that. We didn't know nothing about all that stuff. Oh, no. You know, they treated us well, and they we had different representations at different times, you know, stage this. And they had us on big stages, too, and we, oh we God, just yeah. tickled pink. But we enjoyed ourselves. The people, the camaraderie, what what got me, if I may say, the, the lady came and, and bought a CD and asked me to sign the CD. And uh, they say, you all got CD signings. And I'm like, what in the world is a CD sign? Yeah, see, we, we were very inexperienced. Well, you that. sit down and sign the CD. I said, folk, buy the CD. I sign it twice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, that was a, like a tour, about a two- or three-day tour. Yeah, yeah. But we did things, and we hobnobbed with the people. Oh, yeah. We ate um Funnel cakes and yeah, hot we visited dogs. the city. It was so different. Oh, I mean, man. I, the atmosphere. I mean, it's a great thing when people have no idea who you are, but still have the heart to treat you as if they know you very well. And that's what they gave us. I mean, they made us at home. They, it's like giving us the key to the city. That, really? that particular week, and we accepted it, and we we look forward to seeing them again. And it, Law was one of the best yes. experiences I've ever had. They didn't want us to stop singing. We thank but God we, for we that had, experience. We had a ball. But don't you think by singing the way you sing, when you said they didn't know us, but by singing the way you sing, there's a way you open your heart, and they do know you. Oh yes, oh yes, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, see, love is a universal language. I saw folk dancing. Yes. Loving. Yes. They called it, what did they call it? Um, I think it was a folk art festival. And there were various art forms. And our art form was singing a cappella music. They had people dancing. But, you know, what amazed me was these were folk from all over the world. All over the place, yeah. They were from everywhere. I'm like, Haiti. folk from China, all this. Oh, yeah. 
And but you yeah. know, that's what I'm saying. I never really knew that folk art extended so far out. I think of folk art as, you know, banjos and blue ridge, but it's all kinds of folk art. And for us to be even mentioned, that really introduced us to folk art in its real sense when oh, we it's got an honor. Dr. It's Loman. A great honor. Yeah. And I asked him, how do you get into folk art? He said, I don't know, but <laughs> I think it's a calling. I think NCTA, folk life, folk art have been good to the past year, brothers. Yes, I totally agree. 31 years since... Um, the Pashel Brothers have begun. In all those years, we mentioned Lowell. Is there another performance that really stands out for you guys? We did the Kennedy Center. That was amazing because we were at the Millennium Stage. Just looking out from that stage was like, wow. The Kennedy Center, that was the one that really um, had me awestruck. Plus, it was broadcast, what they call streaming. I had never heard of that. And our families got to watch that. The Kennedy Center was one of my pets. And what about for you, Johnny? Lowell. I still say Lowell was was my joy because you look out in the audience and you see everybody just amazed. I mean, they're sitting there like they're in awe and everybody's... You look for a reaction, like we were saying, the difference is in church. <laughs> reaction is a whole different from a concert type atmosphere they are in awe and you are in awe. and i'm in awe i'm sitting there i'm singing <laughs> but my eyes are really ain't really telling it all my eyes are all bucked and and i'm really really excited about what we're doing and where i am so yes Amen. i think lowell believe me we, we appreciate everything we've been honored in ways that we never thought that we would ever be when you start out doing this i know m me myself personally i didn't do it as a, a career type thing. I didn't do it because it was something that I thought I was going to profit from. I did it simply because my mother said, do it. I want you to sing for me. That's the way it started with me. Sing for me. And we did it. And from that point on, it's been something that has been instilled. It's, it's, it's burned in. It's tattooed in my heart. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. Johnny getting ready to cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, throughout these 31 years, you you all have had day jobs. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Torrance, you're a reverend. Johnny, I'm not yes. sure what you do. I'm retired now. I was an, uh, an electronic technician. I used to do uh, uh, electronic devices. I install surveillance equipment. I, I've done it for the government. I've done it for a private owner. You know, I, I retired young, and I don't know if that's a good thing because I've never stopped working. <laughs> well, you've you know. always had this. Well, that plus, I mean, I'm I'm constantly finding stuff to do, even more so. My dad told me a long time ago, you retire, but you never stop. You never do. And all I've done was just made it a little easier on myself to do what I like to do. But that also means that when you when there's a festival, for example, or a concert, there really is a kind of negotiation that I would imagine would have to go on with your work or with your church to get some time to be able you to go. You got to keep time yes. on the books, Ms. Reed. That's right. That's exactly keep right. Keep time on the you books. Got to keep time. I work for Chesapeake Public School System as well, and um, they enjoy it because they reap the benefits of having you there. You always save your days up, though. You don't want to do a leave without paying. Never. 
those were the many times I tell you we, we're blessed. We're blessed because of what we do. The way that we do it is appreciated even by our boss, and he really did. He made a way for me to to go to every concert that I had to go on, and it didn't interfere with my job at all. Amen. So 31 years have gone by since the group has, has formed, and obviously some things have shifted because people have come in and, and out and, and passed on. What stayed the same? We. We did. Yeah. Our That's hearts are the same. The thing I, I see as staying the same is the music. We don't sing the same song, but we sing the same music. And to me, I think some things, are, spiritual things are more eternal. It's a faith thing. Yeah, you hold on to it. Like a man work, it keeps him alive. I, I found that out. Doing something. Me and my wife, we done got old together, older together. The children gone on their own, the, the baby in college. and But we are still the same. And I didn't see the time go by. I really didn't. Other than, you know, the empty spats in my hairline. <laughs> <laughs> More room at I the don't house. See, I don't see, I don't feel any different. Right. I look a little different. I might have gained a pound or two. But um, I've gained a lot in these 31 years. A lot of wisdom. I enjoyed sitting with my father for most of those years. I go to his house. Our rehearsal was every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. I would go to his house 5 o'clock every Tuesday, sit with him till the guys came. Then we'll rehearse, 9 o'clock we'll leave. Sometimes no one, someone couldn't make it, so i just sit there and talk to him at 9. My wife knows from 5 to 9 I'm with my father in whatever capacity. And a lot of those times I'm just sitting there, we talking. And I think that's why I always said my daddy used to say, my daddy used to say, my daddy used to say. But a lot of times I pick up a lot of things that, that he left. That's what it's about, leaving a legacy. And that's what I appreciate. My father ain't going nowhere because he's in my heart. He's he's with us. Frank is with us. And every time we hear these songs, we center out their voice. And uh, these songs, far as I'm concerned, were done in the 31 years. Even though they're gone, those things that transpired in those 31 years, still exist today. And that's what I call eternity. That's just my opinion. And if, if I may, may add, uh, Please. you know, when you're younger and you do this, there's so many advantages you miss because you don't take it as serious. Or, you know, because as you grow older, you become wiser Meaning. To, your, to your reasons for doing what we do and understanding why we do of why we've done what we've done for so long. And you see the benefits from it, not in, in material things, but your heart grows fonder at it because you understand when people said when you were younger, oh, you did so good, you did so good. Now it's something that you understand when they say you did good. You don't take it, you know, with a big head. You take it with appreciation. That's right. And it's so much gratifying when it's appreciated. That's that scholarship again. All right. That's that earning that scholarship because we put it to work. It's not going to disappear you because it's it. in the heart now. You earn that. And you've earned that. And we, again, I can never say it enough, you know, how much we appreciate the way that people show that they appreciate us.
Now, how did you find out that you were going to receive a National Heritage Fellowship? Well, I was at work. I was not having a good day at work. I would not say that, but I'm saying this because you asked. The phone rang. We were doing some plumbing, and a guy named Bergy. Barry Bergy. Barry, there you go. He said, this is Barry Bergy. I'm from NEA. And he said that I'm calling to let you know that you have been awarded the 2012 National Heritage Fellowship Award. And I said, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, like, he said, your response is as if you're not familiar with the award. I was like, I'm not. So he started telling me, and I started sitting up, and I told the guy, go ahead, I'll be in there. <laughs> That's how I learned it. And he started sharing some things with me. And then as he as he went on, I'm saying, are you kidding me? I said, who is this? Tyrone thought he was being pumped. But he said, you were nominated by John Loman. I said, I know him. Oh, man. That was a blessing. And I started telling everybody, look, man, to me, this is calling us back into the forefront. That's just my opinion. You know, God is not finished with us. Well, Reverend Pachel, Johnny Lewis, my hearty congratulations to you both. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you so much. That was Reverend Torrance Pachel and Johnny Lewis, two members of the Acapella Gospel Quartet and 2012 National Heritage Fellows, the Pachel Brothers. And tonight, October 4th, the Pachel Brothers and their fellow 2012 National Heritage Fellows take center stage at the Lisner Auditorium in Washington, D.C., for an evening of song, dance, music, and lively discussion about traditional art. That's the National Heritage Concert tonight at 7.30 p.m. And if you're not in Washington, don't worry, we're webcasting it live. For more information about this free concert and the live webcast, go to arts.gov and click on National Heritage Fellowships. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. Adam Campy is the musical supervisor. Excerpts from... Jonah, You Better Pray and Get On Board, from the CD, Songs for Our Father, by the Pachel Brothers, used courtesy of the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities, with special thanks to John Lohman. You can subscribe to Artworks at iTunes U. Just click on the iTunes link on our podcast page. Next week, a chat with the artistic director of Carnegie Hall, Clive Gillinson. To find out how art works in communities across the country, keep checking the Artworks blog or follow us at NEA Arts on Twitter. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening. Step on board. Get a little children. There's room for many.